Welcome to Locked on NBA Draft. I'm your host, Leif Tulane. On this show, we will be analyzing different NBA prospects every episode, presenting you with various perspectives on every prospect coming from the Locked on NBA hosts and NBA Draft experts. Today, our show is sponsored by our friends over at Rock Auto. On today's show, you'll be hearing everything you need to know about very athletic and defensively gifted slasher freshman from Arizona, Josh Green. With more on Green, here's radio voice of the Utah Jazz and Locked on Jazz host, David Locke. So yesterday I watched Josh Green for the first time or shared with you what I thought of him. And I liked him. I was pretty intrigued. And my general take was like, wow, the more I watch these guys late in the draft, the more I think this has got some depth to it. Uh, Nico Mannion is a uh, Pace's son was in this game also. And, you know, he's got a lot of skills. There's some things that worry me about him as an NBA player, but there's also some areas where, you know, he's pretty, he's got some special offensive skills and vision and plays with a pace and, has some aspects to his game that are pretty neat too. And um, we'll dig into him later and really watch him uh, try to get the right matchups. What I like to do is watch kind of two games of these guys and have them play hopefully against somebody else who might be, you know, an NBA caliber player. So in the case of Josh Green, I watched him against Washington. Isaiah Stewart's in that game. Um, They've got some other guys that are NBA caliber players. In this case... I watched them play Colorado because uh, Colorado's got Tyler Bay in that. So you kind of have a little bit of a, an NBA player around there. And I got to tell you what, I don't think that Josh Green, don't misunderstand my love affair that you're about to hear. I, I don't think that Josh, I don't, there's things about Josh Green that lead me to believe he's not going to be like a star. He, like, you're watching him a little bit, and we talked about, you know, he's two of like 14 on pick and rolls or whatever it was I shared with you yesterday and hadn't had any of those. And they don't run him in pick and roll, and you begin to wonder like, oh, my gosh, could he be Devin Booker? Because Devin Booker, they only ran him in 11 pick and rolls at Kentucky the entire time, and then he gets to the NBA, and it's just completely different game. I, I don't see that at all, okay? So let me be perfectly clear. I don't, I don't see that at all. However, I see a guy that really plays the game right. Um, I, I, I saw stuff that I just loved out of Josh Green. And maybe I fall sucker for some of this. But passes coming to him and he knows that he's where the pass is going before he catches it. So he's in the left corner and he's catching the pass in the air and rotating it to the open three. He's, he sees and feels the game fabulously for a 19, 20-year-old player. Defensively, his ability to come off the wing, reach in, dig at a player, make it so that they suddenly don't have, that they're uncomfortable, get them to turn it over, get them to break their rhythm. He he makes just so many plays, like makes the pass before it happens, comes around a pin down, hits it into the post player, knowing it's going to be there. He also turns it over. He's young. He had like five turnovers in the first half of the game. He, he, he's, he's in no way perfect. But I, I really like this. 6'6", 210. Like, if that's there at 23, I am ecstatic. I'm concerned, and the reason I don't know that I think he'll be great, and there's one reason I, I do worry about him a little bit, I kind of guess he'll figure this out. And as we mentioned yesterday, I, I will admit, I'm sold. I, I do buy into the whole thing. If you're a Nike Hoop Summit player, if you're the right age, you're McDonald's All-American, like, he checks every box along the way. Multi-sport athlete, younger kind of like the fact he 
He he spent the early years in Australia. I think you can kind of see that in his game. He did play AAU for three years. He and Nico Mannion were on the same team. So it's not like he's not an AAU guy. But I, I just think you can feel that when you watch him. So my concern on him watching him in the first game is I didn't see him create anything for himself. I didn't see anything of a handle. First play of the game, he actually drives right hand, kind of backstep, reverse pivot, fall back, jumper hits it. Third play of the game, hard left-hand drive off contact and finishes. So I'm like, whoa, there it is. He's so strong at 6'6", 210 for a college player, even at 19 years old, that when he can play off contact impressively. I'm still not sure on the handle. He beat the guy left. It was nice. But there were plays in this game where they were getting out and running against Colorado, and if he was an elite NBA athlete, He's going to have hit that gap and gotten on top of the cup, and I don't see him getting on top of the cup. He's a great athlete, multi-sport, fast, plays hard. I don't know that he's an elite basketball athlete. Like, I don't, he's not, I didn't see a single play in the two games I watched where he's up above the cup. I didn't see a single play where off the bounce he gets by his guy and makes a play. I saw him drive, take contact, and a foul. I saw him take contact and finish. I saw him get back behind the shot. Never saw him just, like, get by a guy on the shoulder. I don't know if that's because his handle's not good enough or he's maybe not quite as, as as explosive as you think he might be when you look at that body and see that 6'6", 210 aspect of him. As I said, to me, this is an instinct player who plays the game well, helps your team win, sees the game well, but is not an elite athlete. I'll bet you that's very contrary to what most people are saying. Now, his transition numbers are pretty good. We talked about that yesterday. That's always an athlete number for me. But his isolation numbers were really bad, and that's another number I look at for on uh, whether or not you're an elite athlete. And that kind of jives with what I'm seeing in watching these two games is he doesn't beat people with anything. He doesn't have anything in his game offensively where he's beating someone. Like, he's not beating you to a spot. He's not getting somewhere with his dribble. He's not making a play in that sense, he's making plays out of the system. Again, at 23, that might be great, but I, I don't see like, oh my gosh, you draft him at 23, he becomes a stud. I used the comparison of Reggie Bullock the other night or yesterday in the show, and I, I don't know if that's, you know, that might be pretty short-sighted. I need to probably find some other players there, but it might also not be that bad, frankly. Um, he missed another above-the-break three, kind of falling back. He's so physically strong. I think that these the parts, the problems with his shot can be fixed. Though it's not like it's it. I, I get a little nervous because I thought Trey Lyle's shot could be fixed too, and was totally wrong on that. Um, you know, he falls back a little bit. I, I as I said yesterday on the show, I'd be really curious about his corner three shooting versus above the break three point shooting because I, and that would be a red flag to me if that's as big a difference as I think it is because that would tell me he's going to have a hard time stretching to the NBA line. His shot does not look comfortable on an above-the-break three. It comes up short, and it doesn't look nearly as smooth as the high-arcing corner three, so that's my my concern there. Um, he's so strong. He plays off contact great. Um, he just makes the right pass and the defensive pass, and he's got such a great, defensive feel, all the feel aspects, seeing the game, directing the game, feeling the game, where it goes, where he's supposed to go, getting back, running, running to the right spot. Even a little subtle thing, as every shot goes up, you look him, you look and see, and he checks where the rebounder, the other team's rebounder's coming. 
All those little things are just beautiful. My concern is whether he'll shoot it well enough. And I don't think he's an elite basketball athlete. Now, it's hard in the college game because it's pretty spread. Arizona does move it pretty well. Nico's a pretty good point guard. So you would think that you would see it. But again, that collegiate game is awfully, awfully hard to be able to always figure things out because, frankly, it's so clogged. But, the you know, go back to what I said earlier. There were just there were two or three open court opportunities where an elite-level NBA offensive player bursts through that and takes care of it. So those are my thoughts on uh, Josh Green watching him twice. I might have to go back and watch him again. At 23, I'd be ecstatic. I'm beginning to feel in this whole draft that there's some real uh, depth to it. As Locked On Jazz as David Locke made clear, there's lots to like for Josh Green fans and fans of teams with the chance to draft him. Part of what makes Green so appealing in this draft for teams is he simply fits modern basketball. He's a big athletic guard with a physique capable of defending bigger players as well as the quick guards of the NBA. Green's appeal is he fits your timeline, whatever it may be. As he projects as a mid, late, mid to late first round, he can come play minutes as a versatile defender pretty much right away on the team that wants to contend in the playoffs, or he can be part of your future plans, aligning with the rises of some team's young star players, allowing Green to grow with the rest of the core on a youthful team. That's my take on Josh Green, and coming up next on Locked On NBA Draft, we'll venture to Portland to hear what Portland Trailblazers beat writer and Locked On Blazers host Mike Richmond has to say about Josh Green. Please make sure to subscribe to Locked On NBA Draft if you haven't already. And let your NBA Draft-loving friends know, too. They'll find great analysis on draft prospects from Locked On NBA hosts each and every episode, just like that of Mike Richmond of Locked On Blazers. And here he is with some more information on Josh Green. So we talked Josh Green's resume in the first segment. Now let's transition to his strengths and weaknesses. I read the best scouting reports on the internet so you don't have to. I've been doing this long enough that I know a bad scouting report when I've seen it. Listen, a lot of people are tasked with putting draft blurbs together. Not all of those people have spent a lot of time watching college basketball. I have culled through the crappy ones to bring you the cream of the crop and aggregated them all here in this beautiful second segment just for you. I think the real key for Josh Green, one of his real strengths, an undeniable one, is that he's shaped like an NBA player. Now, that is a classic Mike G. Rich-ism. But what that means is that when you look at the dude, he's 6'6", he's got long arms, a 6'10 wingspan, he's already filled out somewhat like an NBA athlete at 210. Like when you watch him on film, you don't say, who's the skinny kid? He just, he's just, a, he looks like an NBA wing, he's, he's, he's shaped like an NBA player. In addition to just like the right physical profile, he's just a really good defensive player. Sam Vecini of The Athletic says he's a terrific on-ball defender with great skill for taking on multiple different types of players. The Ringer notes that he's an energetic on-ball defender with good footwork. ESPN says he can guard all four of five positions. Excuse me. The a guy who wants to play defense, already played defense at a high level in college, versatile enough to guard multiple spots, and 
not even though he's a big steel guy, he doesn't get steel happy. is is disciplined enough to uh, disrupt plays while staying within the scheme. I mean that that's what you want, and that's what the people who've watched and scouted Green say that he is. An NBA-level athlete with a knack for defense. Does that sound like something your Portland Trailblazers might need? Well, here's the weaknesses for Green, and I think these are the big ones. These are, um, This is not a small thing. This is the reason why he is uh, a mid-to-late first-round pick and not up there in the top 10, is that he's the big question is, is just, can he shoot? Like I said in the first segment, he was a 36% three-point shooter, and he shot... 2.8 threes a game, so un- less than three threes a game. It's not very many. College basketball is getting him up like the NBA, maybe not at the same level, but but it's trending in that direction regardless. So while he's a, a pretty good three-point shooter, 36% is not terrible by any means. It's pretty good. It, we don't. There's not a big enough sample to say, you know, this dude can really shoot it. And everyone, all the scouting reports I read mentioned his mechanics. Um, they, they all talk about this slight hitch, which quite frankly, if, if this wasn't something I read in four different scouting reports, it's not something I think I would immediately notice. The thing I noticed watching him shoot on the highlight videos was that he's pigeon toed. He shoots with his toes pointing, his toes pointing at each other. So maybe I should have been looking at his wrist and his elbow and, and, and his hands his, his release point and seeing the hitch. But I just saw a guy who has a weird stance when he shoots. Now, when I'm watching YouTube videos, dude, dude's shooting a really high percentage. He's, um, we're talking, you know, 95% of makes on uh, on most of these YouTube scouting reports that I've they pull together to give you to get a sense of what the what the guy plays like. But if the scouts say he has a weird hitch in his jump shot and they're worried about it, I think it's worth noting. I am not giving you necessarily my opinion here. I want to give you the opinion of people that know more, and the people that know more says he's got a weird hitch in his jump shot is a big concern. And frankly, when I read about Josh Green, the person I keep thinking of is Nazir Little. And here's why. It just, the scouting reports remind me of what scouts said about Nas last year, except they thought he was like a top 10 pick. He's a straight line athlete. And by that, I mean like he's, if he gets the ball and can attack in a straight line, ooh, there's going to be some highlights. There's going to be some some really impressive plays, but he doesn't have many counter moves beyond just like be faster and be bigger. And against organized defensive teams, being a straight line athlete only works so much of the time. He is an okay, but not great shooter. He's definitely a better shooter than Nazir Little was in college, but he's playing three and not four. It's just, you're just being asked to do a little bit different things. But a guy who is clearly an NBA level athlete, a versatile, big, long like like I said, shaped like an NBA player, just like Nas is, but is maybe a little bit limited in what he can do on offense. The other weaknesses is that he doesn't he's not a great playmaker, not a great ball handler, doesn't do much else except maybe like some standstill knockdown threes and some sort of highlight straight to the rim type of athletic dunks. This is Nazir Little. That is that is the player I watched at Carolina. And I to me, Green strikes me as someone who is while he's not going to get comparisons to Nazir because it's, first of all, it's weird to compare guys in back-to-back draft classes. But in addition, they're just, they just play different positions. Green is much more of a three, and Nazir seems to be trending more towards like a three-four, whereas Green seems like a two-three, from at least from what I'm reading. But they strike me as dudes who are going to have similar challenges. And now I'm not sitting here and saying that Nazir Little and Josh Green are bad. And quite frankly, I think Nazir Little has a path to being like a pretty solid rotation NBA player. I don't think he's a star, but I think he's a solid, a solid long-term NBA contributor. 
And if that is what the limitations of Green's game also lead him to, drafting a long-term rotation player at 16 is a really good deal. That That's... That's what you want, a dude who can play and play for a while. To me, Josh Green is one of the more projectable players in this draft in terms of what you're going to get at a minimum. He has a high floor but also has a fairly high ceiling as his game is well suited to the NBA today due to impressive defensive traits and positional size, equaling defensive versatility. He currently has a shot that yielded good catch-and-shoot results, but doesn't appear to be fully fine-tuned yet, even though he hit a respectable 36.1% of all threes he attempted and shot 78% at the line. That's a high floor. If he can become a knockdown shooter due to mechanical changes, that's a high ceiling. Bottom line is, he's 19 years old with good size and a high ability to defend. You'd think his job would be a stopper, and it may well be, but his off-ball awareness and active hands were even more impressive during his time at Arizona, averaging 1.5 steals. He can fit any NBA team. Josh Green reminds me a bit of Matt Barnes or Michael Petrus, who is one of the listed comparisons by the ringer. Two of, two of the first 3 and D guys. Whoever gets Josh Green will receive a plug-and-play guy with a high potential. That's my two cents on Josh Green. Next up, to provide you more analysis on the talented Australian from Arizona, we'll head to Dallas, where Locked On Mavericks podcast hosts Nick Engstad and Isaac Harris provide just that. Welcome back to Locked On NBA Draft. I'm still your host, Leif Tuline, and we're still talking about the Australian Josh Green. With more on Josh Green, here are Nick Engstad and Isaac Harris of Locked On Mavericks Podcast. Josh Green. He's 6'6", 206 pounds, 6'10", wingspan. He's going to be 20 years old at the time of the draft, went to Arizona. The ringer's one sentence. He fits into any roster as a 3 and D wing who understands his role as a shooter, slasher, and cutter. Perfect. Perfect. That's, that's exactly what you want. Uh, his strengths, he's a good spot of three-point shooter who uh, boasts the touch to hit easy pull-ups. NBA scouts and coaches who played Arizona this year raved about Green's defensive ability. He's terrific on the ball with great skill for taking out multiple different types of players. Some weaknesses, he only took 2.8 three-point attempts per game. He did, and he only shot 44.9% on two-point shots, which I, I saw as kind of a, a disadvantage as well. He also just recently underwent you know, surgery to re- repair a torn labrum in his left shoulder. That was in 2019. Uh, the ringer has him at 25. ESPN mocked him at 22. The Athletic had him at 22 as well. Tanklon had him a little higher at 16. What did you think about Josh Green? So I think Josh Green is in kind of a similar mold as Patrick Williams that we'll talk about in a second. I think that he'll take a little bit, a little bit more time. You know, he is a little bit younger. He is 19. Um, I think out of these guys that we're all talking about, I think he could be the best defender out of the group and he could be the best athlete out of the group. But a weird thing about this is, you know, obviously you go and watch, you know, uh, Josh Green highlights and you're like, all right, this dude can finish over anybody. He can throw it down, all this stuff. But kind of like talking about laying the same vein as Lonzo Ball, it's super kind of weird when you look at his around the basket numbers. And I'm like, for a guy that's so athletic as him and he gets into the paint and does this thing, he only shot 37% on shots around the basket. Uh, Synergy gives him a poor 
Uh, poor rating in that. He's in eighth percentile in college basketball and shots around the basket. Uh, he just he didn't really convert around the basket. That's kind of worrisome a little bit. Uh, not you know not a huge thing, but um, but yeah, six six sixteen six ten wingspan. Uh, I, I want to. There was some high school story about him coming out. I know he was a highly rated guy. I don't know if he jumped classes or not. I should look in back when he was coming out of high school because I remember him out of high school and his going through his whole college recruitment and all that stuff. But super springy, super athletic. Uh, I like him. I really like him defensively. If you go and watch like some of his defensive tape, you get really excited about it. It's just one of those things where if all the other guys are off the board and you're looking at Josh Green, and we didn't even preface this at the beginning of the pot, this is the this is the group, this is the position that we want Dallas to really go after with this eighth. If they keep the 18th pick, we did a pot on Monday about guards. We like the we like some of the guards, but the wing is where they should be. So I think where it gets into is like, hey, I like Bay, I like Bain more than Josh Green, I like both of those guys more than Josh Green. But if both of those guys are off the board and you're looking at Josh Green. Even though he's younger, and I think he'll take a little bit more time. And you're looking at Josh Green versus, I don't know, one of the guards, Tyrell Tyrell Terry. I'm on, I want Josh Green. You know, even though if it's going to take a little bit more time, I want Josh Green over him. So I like Josh Green. I just like some of these other guys a little bit more. Yeah, one of my questions is, and I haven't watched enough to know how is he different than Josh Reeves, right? Like coming in, he's kind of mm. they're kind of that same sort of mold, and so uh, well, defense- he's, he's a little bit bigger for sure. Little bigger defensively, seems like people really, really like him. He has that, you know, over the other two guys we mentioned. Not as good as of a three point shooter, so he's not exactly the perfect prospect for the Mavericks as the other two guys kind of were, but definitely a viable option. Somebody the Mavericks should go after. I know I want Josh Green to be picked by my favorite team and was even more persuaded by what I heard today. I hope whether he is who you want your favorite team to draft or not that you at least learned something today about Josh Green or any of the prospects we talk about on Locked on NBA Draft. Check out the episode on Green's competitor, Vandy sharpshooter Aaron Neesmith as well, to see which one you prefer. That's it for today on Locked on NBA Draft. We have more draft prospects to come every weekday for the next few weeks leading up to the NBA Draft, so you know where to get your information on your favorite teams and prospects. This has been Locked on NBA Draft. I'm Leif Tulene.